0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Travellers on the Road I think we should hashtag that or something uh, As we mentioned yesterday, if you listened to our first episode in this new format We are currently driving from the Baltics to the Balkans um, So from Lithuania down to Emotsky in Croatia um so yeah post-covid travel interesting world we were all prepped and prepared um and then day two was our our big kind of our our big day um so day one as you might have heard we only went from Lithuania into Poland so fairly simple but day two we are heading through um, or we did head through today um Poland into Slovakia, Slovakia into Austria, Austria into Slovenia, and then Slovenia into Croatia. Um, a little bit of a convoluted route, because currently the rules around travelling through Hungary are a bit a bit sketchy, um, and also the Czech Republic have still got quite strict restrictions in place, according to the director website, but as you will find out the direct gov website may be kind of over it a bit so just kind of take you through our route we left poland um at about seven o'clock this morning got on the road um super easy drive down to the um slovakian border um so with the with slovakia we were told that we needed a negative covid test we were told that we weren't allowed to stay without self-isolating um But we were allowed to transit through so long as we were in and out within eight hours. When we also kind of set off, Poland wasn't on the list of countries that was exempt from these restrictions, whereas Lithuania was. So we thought that might be an added complication. And then, believe it or not, we're sat in our hotel last night, Al gets an alert on his phone, um, and Poland's been added to the list. So all of a sudden, we thought, oh, it might be a bit easier then. So bear in mind, they say on the DirectGov website, negative COVID test, have to self-isolate, you can't come in unless you're one of the one of the listed countries, uh, which we ended up being. And if you're transiting, you've got eight hours to get out. So you imagine a little bit of complication at the border. So Al, why do not you talk the people, the good people, through what happened when we got to the Slovakian
1: border? So driving through southern Poland, it's really quite pretty, and you get to you, you kind of go up into the mountains to, to go over the border. And so he said we've got one kilometre to go, then 500 kilometres, and then slow down for the border. And then we drove over this piece. This basically piece of road, and the only reason that we knew it was we were in Slovakia was because we saw a sign saying Welcome to Slovakia. There was no one there. There was no border guards. There was no crossing. There was nothing. It was just if we hadn't, if we didn't know we were approaching the border, we probably would have sneaked into um, Slovakia without even noticing.
0: Yeah, there was absolutely nothing. Um, Yeah, so I guess, I guess, I mean, we were joking, weren't they? It's like they have added Poland to the list phone Bob up and went, go on Bob, are you doing thanks mate. Um, yeah, nothing. So really, really simple and that was all worry. So I'll be honest, I was almost a bit disappointed because I wanted a little bit of drama but we just went straight through. One thing to mention, should you find yourself driving into Slovakia, um, is that they have something called a vignette, um, which is basically road tax. So rather than having toll roads, you you buy a sticker that goes in your windscreen and that covers you for all the tolls. You can usually buy a week um, or four weeks. you have to have one if you don't have one you're getting on the spot fine and we've been stung before for that so please please remember if you're driving to Slovakia um, Austria or uh, Slovenia, actually on this route get a vignette before you enter the country they're usually sold in petrol stations just so you approach the border so we then were in Slovakia Uh, we had a quite a cool drive through Slovakia actually
1: yeah, as you come in, it's, you're kind of coming over the mountains, and then you come through uh, past a massive dam, um, and then uh, and then it's weird because it's it's a main road. Well, it's, it is a main road, but sort of they've only done one half of it. So you end up you end up driving on the wrong side of the road to avoid these big potholes. One thing to mention actually is that check your speed limits whenever you go into any country, but particularly in we found in Slovakia because there was maybe four or five police speed traps um as we drove around uh, and so we were luckily enough the guy in front of us got pulled over um and uh, we saw it just in time and slowed down but uh that's always worth it but yeah it was really really pretty sort of drive it was quite slow but until we got into the middle of slovakia um it was just sort of country roads and real nice
0: yeah it was it was really nice and then once you kind of drop down out of the at the mountains you hit a motorway and then it's plain sailing running then right through to Bratislava uh, which is on the border with Austria so the Slovakia-Austria border was our next challenge um, again looking at the direct gov website um, seem fairly strict so you can go into um, Austria if you're coming from another EU country. The UK is included on that list as well um, although because we are still as, as a medium high-risk country you do need a negative COVID test. Um, you can get one at the um, the, the airport um, in Vienna I think as you fly in and you have to self-isolate well so you get the results blah blah blah. But anyway over the border we were told we would need a COVID test or again we can transit within they didn't say how long actually did they? They just said we had to prove that we were moving through um, so again we thought we, we might we might get stopped in Austria so so yeah so again I want you to tell the good people about the Slovakia-Austrian border nobody there Nobody, not a sausage. We just drove straight through, and we've driven over that border a few times before, haven't we? And they, it was no different than it it normally is. So, so yeah. So then, we're in Austria.
1: So Austria is. I'm sure Austria is very interesting for a lot of reasons, but driving through it is not one of those reasons. And to be fair, it is fast. We've driven, I think, probably every single direction through Austria north to south, east to west, west to west to east whatever it is and it is dull because it's motorways all the way um, as you can imagine very well maintained motorways uh, great drivers um, nice lane discipline if you're, if you're interested in that kind of thing if that gets, gets you off uh, to be honest I quite like it I quite like it when you've got good lane discipline um, and uh, <laughs> well this podcast taking a turn isn't it um, so <laughs> getting all weird about lane discipline so um, uh, but yeah just drove through Austria pretty dull it took us about uh, five hours was it maybe four
0: yeah I, th- I yeah maybe like three or four
1: um, and so then we were approaching the uh, Slovenian border which was the one which we feared the most I think because they said that they're really really careful about um, about all kinds of uh, about the health checks I'm sorry really careful about the health checks and also we've been through there before and even like last year or year before there's quite often in fact almost always there's people on the on the border even though it's an eu border it's a soft border there's people being on there checking for stuff and often it's for vignettes like we talked before uh slovenia is very keen at put, handing out these on-the-spot fines for vignettes uh, which we got one of those coming in from italy uh, so that's how we learned our lesson um
0: 300 euro fine
1: yeah it was uh, yeah it was a bad one um, just a quick tip, if you are coming into Slovenia through the Maribor border, you can buy a vignette at the border. Um, and going from Slovenia into Austria, which you need a vignette, you can buy them at the border. But ju- don't bank on it. So always try and get a vignette before you get to the border. So there we were. Austrian border. And what happened to the Austrian border, Leanne?
0: Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, yeah, as I said, like this was the one, again, that we thought we'd have some... Stopping, like direct of websites. So if you're crossing a land border, they are carrying out health checks regardless of which direction you're coming from, whether that's Austria or Italy or Croatia. Um, so, again, we had ourselves prepared. Uh, nothing. In, in fact, it was a one. It's a one border actually where the the woman at the crossing asked us to slow down. Um, so I rolled down the window, getting all my paperwork ready, thinking finally. And she was just checking the vignette. That was all she was doing is just checking we had one so um so yeah straight through into slovenia
1: slovenia is it's quite weird coming across the top of slovenia because it's probably about 20 minutes maybe 25 minutes drive across the top on the motorway and then you're in croatia Um, it's quite an expensive 25 minutes because you have to pay for 10 days of uh, vignette which i think is 15 euros so uh, it's something like about 50 cents every minute of driving across the top um but um uh, yeah, nothing else really to report apart from uh, generally good lane discipline. <laughs> so we, after 20 minutes, we ended up uh, at the Croatian border. As with any, any non Schengen border, you usually have two sort of borders on it. You have the exit from the EU, and then you have the entry into the other country. So we queued for maybe about 20 minutes to get uh, out of Slovenia. And again, all they were checking for was just a vignette, really. That's all they wanted to look and just make sure. And there was we saw someone arguing with a a guy from Italy. Um, I'm guessing because the guy from Italy hadn't bought a vignette, so he was out finding him. But yeah, so we queued to get through that, and then we got to the Croatian border, and what happened then?
0: nothing Yeah, <laughs> no, that's not it's not strictly true actually it's um as I said it's the um Croatia is part of the European Union but it's not part of the Schengen zone um I think people who travel around Europe a lot or people who particularly who come from outside of Europe will, will know about the Schengen zone but if you're not familiar basically the Schengen countries that are part of the EU you can it's free movement or at least it was before Covid and well to be fair at least now from what we see but um so yeah, so you, there's no there's no hard borders, you're just driving straight through, no one's gonna stop you. Um going into non-Schengen country, which is Croatia, yes it's still part of the European Union, but it has a hard border. Um so you will get your passport scanned, which we did. Um the only other thing that we had to do for Croatia and again this is on the direct website um, is to fill in a form a really simple form Um, basically the day of intended day of arrival intended day of departure of Croatia um, the address of the place you're staying your passport number current contact details and that's it Um, and then once you fill that in it it takes you um, to basically a, a PDF that you print off that just you then put in your windscreen as you go over the border so the border people can see that you've already declared that you're coming into the country um you also have to mention where you've come from and what the kind of current covid state is there Um, so i think that just speeds everything up if you have one of those so we got pulled over to scan our passports which they always do anyway Um, but yeah straight through and the queues weren't that bad maybe 10 minutes um which i think is fairly what we've usually had anyway Um, so yeah, so yeah, straight into Croatia And on the, on the highway to Zagreb
1: So we decided we, w- we had about another f- Say two hours away, or an hour to Zagreb And then another five hours to Motsky Where we're ending up And so we decided to break And stop in Zagreb for the night So uh, we did, we stopped and booked a hotel um, Right in the old town uh, Got there about sort of half past five um, And uh, did we like Zagreb? Loved it It was such a cool city um, and uh, English is very, very, very widely spoken. They're very reliant on tourists. So um, it's slightly more expensive than other parts of Croatia. Um, we went out and we had some wines and drinks and a platter of, like, meats and stuff. And it was probably about €80 Euros for the night. But, I mean, it's no different to... When it's probably still a lot cheaper if you're in the UK. Um, you go and have that and it might be more like 120 But, um, yeah, it's, um, it was a really, really cool city. We really, really liked it. And uh, we'd like to go back, I think...
0: Yeah, definitely. We'd, yeah, it's a really nice city. Um, and in terms of kind of how things are there, it's very relaxed. I mean, Croatia has, you know, 30-odd cases of, of COVID currently, um, and 11 of those have been the last week from, from people coming from elsewhere, and they've been tracked in quarantine and whatever else. So it's, it's very COVID-safe. Um, and you can see that, like, the streets, it just looked like an average Saturday night. Um, there's, there's no social distancing the tables are next to each other none of the the kind of the staff wear masks apart from in our hotel um yeah it's 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 life as normal to be honest i mean from what we we heard kind of talking to to a couple of the the bar owners restaurant owners there is it's a lot quieter than it usually is at this time of year um but they're hoping that's gonna gonna kind of change as as europe starts to open up so um so yeah if you're looking for somewhere to go that that is reminiscent of a pre-covid world croatia and zagreb so far look like a good choice
1: definitely and zagreb is we've we've been to uh, apatia and istria and pula and ravine um, and that's all we've been in croatia isn't it? it yeah so it's mainly down sort of like the italian border um, and, uh, and we really, really liked that. And I didn't know what to think of the northern Croatia, but um, we just really, really liked it. A really cool city. It reminded me a little bit of uh, sort of like Manchester, but it's sort of quite Mediterranean as well. Lots and lots of wines. The place we went to is a place called uh, the Barik Wine Bar, which is on the main sort of, I suppose they call it pub street, but you know the main bar Main street with bars. We'll put a link in the notes of what that's called. It begins with a T, and I wouldn't even know how to say it. Uh, but uh, yeah, sat down there, and this guy came over with his Mediterranean meats and his his Dalmatian wines, and he's talking us through it. And we had Negroni and Apérol, and it was just just you could just literally be sitting on a beach in you know in um, in Italy or Spain or something, and it was just it was just great.
0: Yeah, it was. It was really lovely, and it was um, a definitely kind of a shifting gear from being in Northern Europe since oh my gosh, I don't know. December, November Yeah, so um, Yeah, it was it was a nice shift for us to get Back to the Balkans Get back to a bit more Mediterranean um, And hopefully There'll be a lot more of that to come Definitely So yeah, so that's day two um, It went well not as much not very interesting really but if you know you're curious how it's all working there you go so join us on day three um, when we'll make our final trip down to uh, Imotski on the Split Dalmatian coast of Croatia until then bye bye